It's Jamal out here on the radio, you feel me? Up in the mix with De La Photo, The Truth, and The Step Man. Listen to shit, it's always popping, and it gets you rocking. Welcome to another episode of Up in the Mix, coming to you from the Honeycomb Hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Nar Mr. R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude That You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, a.k.a. Um, Bobby with the Dad Body. I just like that one because everybody knows why. Just going with one? Just a couple. I All feel right. like uh, just sometimes too hard body for people. All <laughs> right. Honey Badger relaxes sometimes. I thought of this one a while ago. I'm going with AKA Sudoku on the Metro train does not make you smarter. <laughs> and I'm also following that one up with if failure creates greatness, then I'm destined for failure. Those are my AKAs this week. Are you doing quotes or AKAs? I don't know. <laughs> this motherfucker is so extra. <laughs> <laughs> the celestial moon on a full moon with a chilly breeze. Today. AKA extra, extra, extra. AKA that's your new AKA. That's your new AKA. AKA extra, extra. Yeah. 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 You never know. <laughs> Anyways. So how was your week, extra, yeah, extra? How was your week, dude? <laughs> oh, we're just we're just jumping in, huh? My Jumping week was great. What? This is how this, this is how goes. always goes. No, I know. I didn't know I was leading off the week though. But my week was good. Uh, business down. as usual, you know, accomplishing things, just Instagramming. If you have questions about any of the posts on my Instagrams, then uh, just holler at me. And I'll, I'll be happy to explain. You want to tell the people that your Instagram so they'll follow you? It's at Killer Shark Productions um, on the IG, mm-hmm. and I just like posting crazy stuff sometimes so about sharks some mm-hmm. of it's philosophical some of it's not it's always shark week but yeah no that's what i was uh that's what i was doing as the side the side gig other than the nine to five and everything else so yeah mm-hmm. good times on good times on the digital manager for <laughs> killer shark productions uh it's good it's funny i laugh it's so funny yeah <laughs> that conversation on text the other night <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh i i recognize this pattern of behavior <laughs> I know what's going down. Good great, evening, gentlemen. <laughs> he was having a great time. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes you get lost in the sauce and go, <laughs> to, train wreck coming. go to the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Venting. Mm-hmm. What about your week, Sean? Uh, this is a busy week. Busy week. So much. I'll forget most of it. We had our first basketball game. Lost by four points, but mm-hmm. the boys played great. I'm super as, proud as of them. As long it. as that matters, like hard mm-hmm. body all what hour of the game? Intense. We had, it, it, Or three points. Uh, we had something like it was back and forth the whole fourth quarter. Uh, I had a player make three free throws. He got fouled on a three-pointer, made Ooh, all three free throws with 20 seconds good left job. Good job. to tie the game up. Mm-hmm. So that clutch. was Yeah, oh, super clutch. I was, I was like, damn. Free, I mean, you're free coming up on like 20 important. years of coaching now. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I, I can remember coaching with you when we were like in high school, so that's definitely <laughs> – I'm a lot more intense now. Yeah, they're like coaches hyped up. (laughs) And uh, Mm -hmm. UNR went to both the UNR home games. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, how they did later. Go Wolfpack. Had a uh, um, arts and culture commission meeting. I went over. Finally, got my orientation for that, and uh, figured out what I'm going to be doing with that. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 
Holland's Holland's uh, board retreat is tomorrow. Ooh. So uh, doing some strategic planning. <laughs> but uh, how was your week, Caesar? Um, yeah. Just edited a bunch of photos. Just trying to finish up a couple of weddings and portraits and getting ready for to hibernate for for winter time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a uh, winter. It's a cuffing season is approaching us. Yeah, and it is very cold for me at least. Oh, uh, it was cold yeah. as fuck this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Timbo's about to come out regularly at the nine to five. And I'm glad it's a three day weekend for Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. And in, in honor of Veterans Day, we have special my, guest. Like, uh, yeah, my good friend, known as. Since we were like 14, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a uh, Army veteran, is Ryan Davis joining the show. Welcome. 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 Good to be on. Do you have any uh, AKAs you want the people to know? I could go with AK Poetic Ranger, AK Merc with somewhat of a mouth. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> See? That, those are good ones. Those are good ones. Poetic mm-hmm. Ranger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit it on. A little dichotomy. How's that not your Instagram? It's crazy. Well, Poetic Justice is pretty good. I've had that one since Mm -hmm. I was like probably, I don't know. That was your, that one's so old, it was his AOL, uh, his AOL instant message. I'm pretty sure you wrote it. I'm pretty sure you wrote a rap when we were like 18 where you (laughs) actually put a shout out to that one along with my other one, which is like Dim Shady growing up. I do remember (laughs) Dim Shady. (laughs) That's so good. It's because guys are always like the nicest to each other (laughs) growing up and all. That's, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. Dude, extra, extra, step your game up. Oh, I know. Oh, I mean, I man. earned it. I extra, earned it too. I did some great things when I was growing up, man. Just awesome stuff. So, uh, where did you grow up? Give us a little background. So, I pretty much grew up, um, you know, in this area, Reno you know, Sparks area and stuff. All over the place before that, though. My dad was actually a college football coach and coached up at UNR, which is what brought me to Reno right before my freshman year of high school. Nice. Mm. Graduated from Reed High School, and then you know, pretty much family just stayed here ever since. Awesome, another Reed Raider. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, but he went. Uh, you went to Arizona, right? Yeah, for I went to University of Arizona for college. Out there um, in Tucson. Yeah, got you know working working my butt off down there and stuff. Just kind of got burned out and decided to uh, take a one eighty and go with a military career. Actually. So what year mm-hmm. exactly did you join? It was 2005. It's actually easy to remember because it's my brother's birthday, which is July 14th, 2005 is my Ooh. actual join date or what we like to call begin service date, B-A-S-D or something, because we love acronyms <laughs> in the military at all. Oh, yeah. And you're in the Army, right? Yep. Army for 13 years. Um, did a lot, a lot of stuff. I was overseas, a mm-hmm. uh, total of three combat deployments, various other times. I wouldn't really call it combat deployments, but... Three big ones. One for my first one was like 15 months long. I remember that one. I think Ooh. Sean does too. That was during like the year I came back and the shooting happened here actually. Yeah. And so a that baseball was player died. A baseball player died in uh, mm. 2007. That was Halloween for me. That was the yeah, only that time. Yeah, that was Halloween. Yeah. That was literally like the only time I spent back in the States because I that spent. That fucking happens when you go yeah, out. Dang. It was crazy. And I was actually having a, pre- a really, really, really good night oh. around that time. And that Everybody was. Out of water. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean's um, got inside information about why. <laughs> we're not gonna, we don't need to give it. No? We don't need yeah. to give that out. <laughs> if you don't want yeah. to. Yeah, we. Yeah. But, uh, so that time, that fifteen month deployment, that was in Iraq. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. fifteen months in Iraq. Um, did a lot of uh, work as a combat infantry guy. It's crazy, actually, because I remember going over there and like they were telling you know people. At first, they were like, oh, I mean, you know, one front out of every platoon. Looking back on it now when you're older, you're like, they were just messing with you because they have no freaking idea what they were talking about. <laughs> but, like, at the time, everyone's, like, pretty, you know, pretty scared, pretty terrified to go in there. And, um, yeah, I spent, you know, that first 15 months with, like, the four people that I believe you met. Um, Sean got to meet uh, during my wedding in 2009 when he came down to North Carolina. But I spent a total of, like, nine years at Bragg. 
I would say, like total or whatever and stuff. Fort Bragg. Yeah, I never saw myself ever staying in North Carolina. Not a hum, not a humidity loving like person. Tar Hill State. Yeah, I don't do humidity. Don't worry. Well, I, I mean, like you know, it's and it's a nice state actually, North Carolina. You know, my wife's from North Carolina. Um, Probably from beautiful. Cary. Yeah, it's uh, it's got beaches. I mean, it's like Asheville. It's like here you got mountains and you got beaches you can go to and stuff. But it's humidity, man. It's something else. Never leaves. Always. <laughs> No. Always, you stay sticky. Oh, yeah. I'm not about that life. And then you got like hurricanes up there and some other stuff you kind of don't worry yeah, about. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I'm from the West Coast, son. Yeah. Like stick Earth, keep it real. Earthquakes. Like, yeah. Earthquakes is all we need. <laughs> earthquakes yeah. and floods. And some wildfires. <laughs> wildfires. So yeah. Stay away from the stuff that burns and you're good. Yeah. 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 So uh, uh, where's your second deployment? The second deployment was also to Iraq and stuff, and that was actually pretty cool. Um, it was a different one because it was like the winding down of Iraq. What year was that say. in? What's that? What year was your second deployment? That was second deployment was 2009 to 2010. And I actually showed up late and I had to fly by myself, which is the best way to go <laughs> by far. Deploying with like mm. 500 dudes is just miserable, man. Probably. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you follow around with everybody and you feel like a monkey because you got your suit on and everything like that going places. So there's no hiding like what you are mm. doing or anything like that. But do people know. like ask you questions all the time? Yeah. All the time. Like, um, it's it's kind of funny when you go to like different countries too. So you have like Ireland, Shannon air force base, the big one we stop at all the time coming over there. And then I got to go through Spain one time. Crete was actually really nice. Like my last deployment, we flew back from Afghanistan. We got to go to Crete, Germany, Iceland. So we couldn't get off the plane in Iceland, which made me upset because I've never, that's like out of all the places I've gone. I've never got a chance to go to Iceland okay. like a far. And it was because agreements we had with different like countries, you're not allowed to like leave or whatever and stuff. Oh, oh shit, yeah. really? Mm. Yeah, so we couldn't even get off the plane. And I you was could like, like all stop by, yeah. refuel. <laughs> yeah, it was sad because I was like, I would trade Germany for Iceland in a heartbeat because I've been <laughs> in Germany many times. I mean, like literally, you know, because everyone mm. says that in the military, they're like, you always see a guy like randomly be like, oh, he's got like you know stationed in you know Scotland or something. You're like, how did he get that job? <laughs> and then you can't ever find out how to get that one because that dude will never give that job up. And I don't no, blame yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm. best job I almost ever got was a dive instructor um, that could have been at San Diego for like six years. And I'd already mm. put in my paperwork to do another job. So I was like, bro, you're killing me right now. Oh. Five uh. freaking days away from living in San Diego. And it's expensive down there, but it's mm. San Diego. It's I'm nice. Sorry. That job is, is great because it's literally diving <clears throat> and doing cool guy stuff all day. Mm. So I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know, but I don't like San Diego too much. But what? Yeah, every time I go, it's like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love San Diego. I think you're you're underestimating the weather. Yeah, bro. No, no, the weather <laughs> the weather's consistently awesome. I mean, take San Gal Diego's uh, weather's even better than LA. You could take San Diego or Galveston, Texas. Oh, San Diego. Gasland yeah, is fun go. down there. There you go. Mm -hmm. I always point that one to people. Like anything in the Gulf, like even Florida, because mm -hmm. like Egglang, a couple we have a couple bases there. You do training in. It just it's different, mm -hmm. man. Texas, mm -hmm. you know, like Austin's cool. Dallas is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then but down there on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. We were talking about that, like, <laughs> the most interesting <laughs> no, place there is Austin, and Austin's Austin, mm -hmm. you know. But it's still hot as shit down there. It like, is like humid as crap. Yeah, like, you were just living there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's at, yeah, north by northwest. We mm -hmm. literally, I moved from there two months ago, but like you know, they got South by Southwest down there, which is huge in Austin. Yeah. The whole city, the whole city's a venue. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. but it's dude, it, you, there's a Texas because UT's like right downtown. There's a football game there. It shuts down 35. Mm -hmm. 35 is one of the worst roads to drive on Texas. There's always jokes. People in Texas are like, yeah, you've been, that's been built since like 1956 and literally <laughs> that's I-35. Mm -hmm. So 
after your second deployment in Iraq, you came back. What year was that you came back? So I got to come back in um, 2010, and I that's when I went to uh, Special Forces Qualification Course, tried to be a Green Beret at that time, and I actually made it all the way through, and the final phase I actually wasn't able to complete um, because of some political stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it was rough, but you know, I actually got a really good opportunity to go work with a uh, 75th Ranger regiment, um, as a counter, uh, intelligence, um, special agent for a little bit. And then I actually was able to unfortunately finish off my career at Texas, but yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> so that, when you went, the that, whole period of time was where, um, I got to go and do some really cool guy stuff, mm, um, nice. in that whole time. So is that when, uh, cause I remember, uh, I was a reference, personal reference for you, and it's not like a, an investigator. Yeah, it's when Sean had to get my TS clearance. Paperwork done. <laughs> yeah, so an investigator was like, "Oh, you know, I thought it would be a phone thing." Yeah, and he talks to me on the phone for like five, ten minutes. No, he like, came. He came found. Like, him. I need to meet mm. up with you. Yeah, and oh, like dang. we met yep. at a bar and like sat and talked for like an hour, hour all, and fifteen minutes. They probably OPM, knew your uh, background and yeah. everything. Like, yeah, mm. they're all OPM investigators, so they're like people that do what I did, which is counterintelligence and military, but just investigators. They'll mm-hmm. sit there and talk to you. They can figure out if you're just iffy or whatever else mm-hmm. and stuff. But nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, they just don't want to know that, you know, you had, you know, a wild, you have a Coke fetish or something crazy. Like they ask me stuff background. like, does he, uh, you know, does he have a gambling problem? Do you yeah, think anyone would be able one. to use like, uh, like, does he owe anyone, you know, money that they could yep. use it against him uh, to so compromise him? Lean on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, specifically because um, that's what, counterintelligence what they do is actually find like um insider insider threats uh different foreign intelligence agents and also um terrorists and also insider threats are a big one too and stuff like fort hood was where they had the uh um nadal massacre where they had the major that walked into its srp site where guys are getting checked before they go overseas end up killing i think it was 22 soldiers but the funny thing about doing the case study afterwards um is you could tell there were you could just tell this guy was off I red mean, flags he had yeah. every indication i mean that's the funny thing about it too is people you'll see something like about you know chelsea manning is a big one that came out recently or uh you know anybody else the hillary thing coming out and everything else and stuff and you know some of the words and some of the things that get said about it like it, it just cracks us up when we're inside there because we see <laughs> the inside of it going on it's actually a lot simpler than people think it is and there's hmm wild conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. I heard it all. I mean, but you really, like, I tell people all the time, like, if you really realize how dysfunctional the government was because a lot of them act like children, it would open your eyes a lot to different things. No, I see that. So the problems of the world. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's, you know, there's... It was it was funny when the the drain the swamp term came up there and stuff, and it wasn't just because they were just trying to get politicians out, but it was government workers, trust me. Mm. Like, especially when I moved over to intelligence, a lot of people sitting there making a lot of money doing... Not a lot. Like, literally, we had mm. people, there's like, you know, you have like a PowerPoint reference slide and you have like, there's different computer programs over there we used and one of them was for like mapping and different things we could put on there and stuff without going into too much detail that I can't. Um, and another one was this. Well, the contract ran that it was two parts of the same program had to have two different programmers. So one person could do the job by itself, but you had two people you had to go through mm. to do the same thing. Little and that check. person sitting overseas in Afghanistan making close to probably $75,000 for nothing for sitting there. Maybe like every once in a while, we'd have our admins <laughs> and all it's all, it's all the computer stuff too, because most of our stuff is writing reports, writing it up there and stuff. And then getting like a bigger picture of everything. Admins, Sites would be down all the time. Couldn't get information. I mean, we drive you crazy. <laughs> I'd spend time on the phone, you know, with four different people trying to get something done. So it's, it's nuts when they talk about that, like how efficiency and people getting in the wrong jobs. They're doing, they went back and kind of did a better job of it, but people still slip through. 
Because there's just jobs people don't want to do. And I'll sit in Afghanistan and, you know, be a site administrator for <laughs> and just check close a couple to a things. year. I mean, that yeah. looks like $90,000. looks good. But then you realize when you go over there, like where you're living at, they're not paying for health care. It costs you $4,000 to go to Abu. Uh, Dubai is oh, mostly man. the main hub for like anything in the Middle East. It's, mm. it's crazy. And a lot of, we'll get like a lot of third country nationals, which is like Pakistanis and other people working there. They'll get extorted by companies in their country and they'll actually like, almost make them slaves like they'll send them to afghanistan Jesus. take their passports in dubai Fuck. take them from them and stuff and then they'll actually send them overseas and make them work and it's we'll sit there and talk to them all the time and it's crazy mm. you know damn stressful yeah i mean people don't think that we bring third country nationals or other workforce to help but you know being there yeah. operating military bases it brings a lot of revenue in there and stuff mm. and actually helps different things out and stuff but it's obviously just like <laughs> people just you say one thing and people find a loophole and would take advantage of it it's crazy damn so, uh, like, what was your favorite deployment out of your three? My favorite deployment out of the three, you have to go with the first one. I did some really cool stuff on the second one, some really cool stuff on the third one, but the first one was probably the best because that was actually where you were young, dumb, and full of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you could say so cum. Literally. So say yeah, cum. yeah, you can say cum. That's as loud. Okay. You were, so, uh, you what, 23 here. when you were 24? Uh, it's 24, 24, 25, right around there and stuff. And I mean, like physical prime like you could i'm full talking of, full of testosterone yeah, I mean, he was there, we there. i drank nonstop mm-hmm. and party nonstop when i was gone back there and i'd be up at seven o'clock in the morning after going to sleep at four o'clock in the morning i'd be up ready to go everything else felt great <laughs> i yeah. can't yeah. do that no more not no more yeah. no, i can't no, do hood no. rat things with my friends unless i want to go play you know shuffleboard the geriatric park yeah that's how my body feels it's <laughs> or, crazy how or at least body at least have the next day off yeah <laughs> yeah to I mean, relax it, it's really funny because, you know, you adapt to it. So when you get the first time, like the biggest one was how does it feel to be in combat? Mm-hmm. It's like the first time you realize someone's shooting at you, you go, oh, man. And then three different responses. You always get a fight, flight, or yeah. fight response. I've seen cry- hysterical crying before. I've seen stuff that will make you laugh, not the time, but afterwards you look at it and go, mm-hmm. man, you were actually crying yeah. your tears out and laughing. No, and you'll like, see like Rambo stuff going dude. on, the guy tongue wagging, screaming nonsensical. It's too, too stressful. And you're li- stressed out right now. Yeah. And it's... You find a lot out. About, it, it's a cool thing, though, because you find out a lot about, about who you character. are, how much courage you have, your character, because you'll see a lot of people that, man, they Can't freeze. And I'm not even talking like, you know, regular army guys or anything like that or, you know, mm-hmm. non-combat people. I'm talking actual seasoned veterans, yeah. Green Berets. I've seen special operations guys freeze up. It's, it's crazy. It's too know? much stress. Mm-hmm. It is. And, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like um, – you know, the biggest one is, and there's there's a lot of rumors that go on with like the tier one units, but I know Delta Force is the one people know less about because they don't write books like SEAL Team 6 does. Like, it seems <laughs> when, you, when you become a Navy SEAL, you just come with a book contract yeah. and already a Hollywood deal. Yeah. I wish I had it, but there was, I used to have this picture of this sign in Kandahar, which is Jim Rules, and it's owned jointly by Army SOF, and then which is Rangers and Green Beret guys, and then you have NSW, which is primarily SEALs and their support team. And there was Hollywood rules for SEALs, like you know, must have you know perfectly quaffed hair, not wear a shirt <laughs> at all times, yeah. make make sexual grunting noises when you do this. And the Green Berets wrote one. The SEALs responded. Uh-huh. They said, must always have a foot long in one hand. Make sure beer belly is hanging uh-huh. out. Talking about how I almost was. Uh-huh. It's it's good, but the humor in there is actually probably the coolest thing you're probably seeing because that high stress of a job, if you don't know how to screw around. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how to laugh. You got to balance it out. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, serious people don't make it all the time. That's a mm-hmm. big, big part of inclusion because you are, you live with. I mean, you live with people. That's close to people you're with. I mean, I still talk to from my first deployment and Sean met him. Um, there's four guys I still talk to that I was you know that got out like a long time ago and they've all become lawyers or something else and stuff. But we still all get together. We still all talk. 
it's really bonding like how it comes together and stuff like a brotherhood like you see you know and i see that because you guys are in high stress situations Mm -hmm. you guys have each other's back Mm -hmm. and like and that's how build that bond yeah so that's understandable like Yeah. yeah That's the cool thing about, you know, being from being in the military is you get people from all over the country. I've had mm-hmm. people from Samoa. I've had people from, you know, joined the army, didn't know single word of English, Spanish. It's really funny. I did NCO named Sergeant Negron. He didn't know a word. Uh, he's Puerto Rican, did not oh, know dang. a word. Good, good dude. Really funny. Hilarious. But still to this day, terrible <laughs> at English when he's in charge of people. So he would scream at us to do stuff and he gets so frustrated that he would yell, but he was overly descriptive. So he'd like, do the thing where you put your hands right between the two things and coming in there, screaming at Taylor. Someone would be like, push-ups, he'd be like, shut the fuck up. That was the one thing he didn't know how to say was shut yeah. Shut the fuck up. Oh, so, yeah. But it was, you meet people like that from all over the place. I met guy, uh, you know, guy that spoke nine different languages. He grew up in Togo, in Africa. Togo, And had damn. to escape. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, and the people you meet, you meet hustlers, you meet all sorts of, like, people in there and it's that you all get along and you talk to each other and you know how to get you know come together and get things done mm-hmm. that's awesome. you should saw more of it actually you know in like society and stuff that's a cool part about it without the bullets yeah was yeah, yeah. yeah. No <laughs> the bullets. stress but the stress helps you know mm-hmm. the stress helps to bring people together like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah especially like you know like i said like survivor mode it's just like you need him to watch your back. You're watching his and that build that bond. And people say all the time, like, you know, oh, I couldn't do that. It's like, yeah, you could because everyone has it. Mm, you you have just to. have to get it shot mm-hmm. out of you. That's the thing. Like, there's there's things I did in my life. I mean, I've been in two helicopter crashes, man. I never thought in my life I'd be in a helicopter crash. And it's crazy and when you too. actually – Yeah. And you, it's and getting shot at. That's the other thing, too. I didn't realize you could do it. But then I realized after doing this, I'm like, you know, you could. everyone can do this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just how you get used to it. I mean, how do you think people in Afghanistan, they've been in war for like 50 years now. Mm-hmm. It's just part now of their you, life. You see yeah. them, you pop off an AK, mm-hmm. they see a dead body, they just walk by it. It's nothing. It's just everyday life. And it's sad mm-hmm. to see that. Dang. Their world mentality. Iraq was the same way, you know. But they they, 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 t- they tell you about it, too. So talking, talking to locals is actually really cool. That's the other thing mm-hmm. is world traveling, getting to know other people out there. That's a cool thing. Because working yeah, with yeah. foreign militaries is definitely my favorite thing to do. <laughs> like the French. You just constantly make fun of the French. No one likes the French. They all know <laughs> and it. Then no one they get so much flack from each world yeah. war and everything, but they are literally the biggest shit talkers. And they, uh, they, they Jake, Jake, Jake from like St- State Farm, are you okay over there? Yeah. You, have, just, you haven't said anything no. No, no, no. this entire time. And I'm stressed <laughs> out right now. Two helicopter crashes. You still, you still with us? I'm, I'm here. Ryan I'm, is a good storyteller. He's got the He's got the in awe face going on so <laughs> ryan is a good storyteller i can see you're captivated just letting it letting him go Dude, man. That's, we got a lot got... of knowledge and great memory so mm, that's you have to luckily mm. what i'm blessed with yes uh, <laughs> still yeah. gifted and talented still talent. gifted and talented yeah oh man <laughs> dude i'm i'm still stressed out. like uh i don't know how like i could handle it you know yeah it's just like yeah i mean but you mm. meet i mean meet some really cool people i mean one of the I gave Sean a book by him, but um, Nicholas Irving, and he has a show on History Channel now where I think he does. I want, it's not Deadliest Weapon or something, but he was one of the. He's the oh, most he looks prolific. At, yeah, like he yeah. looks at different types of guns. It's like says how they work. And yeah, stuff. he sets it, but he's a he's actually a sniper in seventy fifth, and he's hmm. uh um has a African American with the highest kill count. Um, that's been a sniper in. Uh, U.S. history book there and stuff, but he's a good dude. Like mm. he's humble yeah. as hell. Like you read his book, everything like that and stuff. Like he's real humble guy. He's a real cool dude. Um, I missed him by one Ranger School class. There's a couple different guys you see out there. You, you know, you went to Ranger School class with. It's crazy when I looked at like my actual roster from each school I went to and saw names, and at least four people are deceased from each one of those things because of the community you're in. Because it's so mm-hmm. people that tend to go to those schools tend to go on and do dangerous and dangerous stuff. And you realize afterwards, you're like, man, I saw that guy two years ago, and now he's dead, and that's nuts. You know? Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Good times, though. Yeah, overall. <laughs> and Dang. not to end on a somber note at all or anything. Dangerous world. But, I mean, you were telling really us is. before we started, yeah. you know, the reason you got out was because of the stress. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's hard on the families, too. That's the thing. Like, you'll see guys, and they're just not, especially so overworked. And however worked you are, I mean, you're going overseas all the time. You're gone all the time. I realized this last year before I got out was the most time I'd spent in the States and probably since I actually joined, you know, like straight, like not having years or months in between where you're actually overseas and doing work and everything. And it's, it's a high stress rate. It takes a toll on, you know, divorces uh, and families and, you know, guys with kids especially. And it's even – it's even worse if you're a single dad, like in the military, because your wife's not in the military. She gets full custody of kids. You'll be lucky to see him because you're gone all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's rough. So you have, you have a lot of those things, but that's family. And a lot of that stuff is why guys leave because they're like, I can't have a normal life mm-hmm. doing this. I can't be a gangster and, you know, be a daddy at the same time. No, that doesn't coincide. Nope. So <clears throat> what would you say is the number one people reason people leave? I would say, um, the change you were in there so, 13 years, so you probably yeah. saw a lot of mm-hmm. a lot so, of people come and go. So the military, what we kind of saw um, coming in there and stuff, is it it changed a lot. It became a lot softer. The military is the one um, I think part of our society and stuff where you have to develop warriors, and you can't develop warriors by coddling them, telling them everything's okay, um, patting them on the back, and doing everything else and stuff. I mean that's that's common sense, and that's why you see I think higher rates of PTSD. Because I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, we train them to do, we say, hey, train this, but the nicest possible way. It's like, you're actually going to have to kill someone. If you're ever in a firefight, it is probably the most harrowing. You'll see some stuff that you don't want to see. You can't unsee. There's a lot of that, too, you know. And if people aren't prepared for it with the mentality to actually take it on, they don't they don't proliferate. They don't last, yeah. But, I mean, I've seen, it used to be, you know, in, in the military, it's, you know, I say this and that's the way it goes. And now it's, you know, you have people arguing with people, lower enlisted and, and winning. And you can't do that when you're in a combat situation. It works with some of the non-combat MOSs. And even then when you see it, you're kind of like, I mean, you can't talk to your boss that way. So why would you talk to someone who's in charge of you? And especially when that person has to tell you to do something that might save your life. That's the way it goes. I was, I was very hands-on. I mean, I grabbed people and throw them around. I punched people. I kicked a kid down a hill one time. But it wasn't to be, it wasn't to be a, a complete asshole. It's you, you're going to die if you don't move. It's a learning tool at that point. Exactly. You know? yeah. That's, the There's generation coming up today, that's the one biggest thing I saw. They're not ready for that. They grew up with, you know, coddling and preparation and, you know, a lot of PCness and everything else coming on and stuff and a lot of that stuff. Absolutely, we have to support it. The biggest one was like when people always ask me about women being in combat, go for it. Hey, sweetie, step on up, all of you. Come on up. We need all the help you can do. We had a, this first girl became a 75th Ranger, first captain outside of another one, the second one. That's the first one to make it, like, since they actually – let um women like join or whatever, but I okay. said I'm all for it yeah. because people don't understand like that training is hard on your body. Mm-hmm. Like my body like probably looks like I'm 50 years old right now, and I've done some high speed stuff. And if you mm-hmm. want to put your body through that, I'm all for it. Go for it. We need more of it. But you're seeing a lot of them aren't, mm-hmm. and they're trying to wonder why, so they're trying to lower the standards, and that's that's bad. When the problem starts and you get the kickbacks and communities mm-hmm. going like you know look we're, we're we're kicking down doors in a country where we're, we don't have any backup mm-hmm. and this person has to kill somebody. We Bullets can't flying. Like, we yeah, can't it's... be nice about her because she had a bad day today. Like that's, we, we can't do that. Like that's, that's why a lot of people leave and they don't, they'll try to put it in like nicer terms, I think and stuff, but that's point blank. That's what it is. It's the PC-ness and how it got soft and how they took a lot of the power away from non-commissioned officers. The, the officer class has no, is not in touch anymore with their troops anymore because they get treated like gods. They get treated better. I mean, literally they get paid more. They get, you know, 
they get more respect wherever they go. It's crazy. Like when I wore civilian clothes, it it's amazing how much better you get treated hmm. than if I was in my uniform with NCO rank. It was nuts. People okay. literally treat you like, you know, you come up with someone and you just see that kid you just don't want to talk to and you give them that look like, man, you know. These are for, these are other enlisted. Oh, these are these are no these these are uh, higher ranking individuals. So other officers, even other civilians and stuff, literally would treat you like an idiot. And it's like I'm 37 years old and you don't know what I've done in this life and you're literally talking to me like I'm three. But if you walk in there in civilian clothes, they treat you. Oh, hey, sweet. You know, completely different. It was nuts, like how it got. And I just it brought up like you know some like things up there. And I said like this is not right because we're not treating people. We're not sending the right messages here. We're treating mm -hmm. certain people. You know better than we're treating others and it's a lot of that that's pretty much how you sum up like why people get out <laughs> and they're just tired of the shit like they're tired of the micromanaging the stupid training we're not even training for our jobs anymore we're training for like sexual assault you know prevention awareness a sharp program and other things that they're great programs but they shouldn't be the main focus of what we're trying to get done because you're sending a mixed message should be training and winning and fighting wars bar none that's what the military does train to do your job everything else but they don't do that <laughs> there's I mean, it was like online training was like the biggest thing. We had to get rid of 20 online trainees because they were funny. Like people were spending like 75% of their time doing online trainings or something like that in the military. Oh, dang. Not an actual statistic. I'm just yeah. like definitely estimating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's just to prove my point and put an exclamation mm, on it. That they're not even like, they don't want to be there physically. They just yeah. want to do it on the computer. Yeah. Dude, that's, uh, eyes are open for sure right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it gives you some good things. You take some good things from it, like the mental toughness, the being able to push yourself and everything else, and then you get out and smoke life. That's what you need to do because yeah. a lot of people, because, if you man, 20 years of this, mm, 10 years was rough. I mean, 13 after that, like, it was just, I thought about, like, next seven years, I was like, mm, can't so, do something more. Yeah. <laughs> no more. So you, no when more. did you officially get out? So I got out September 10th of 2018. This year, so two months ago? basically wow. yep so now that you are out like what's what's your plans mm -hmm. law school pretty much um when i was in there and stuff i dealt a lot with so i did investigations when i was in um ci and everything else like that um i think it's there's a lot of people out there that need a lot of help especially on the military side um single fathers i mean man it's crazy like how many family law cases we had there i had a guy in my um unit who actually his wife disappeared overnight on him and to this day he still hasn't found him left him with three kids they were asking him to move in the barracks and leave his kids with a relative or something. Like that's how like single fathers get treated. Like a lot of, by a lot of units wow. in the military. But if it's a single mother, they bend over backwards for it. But if it's the dad, it's like, nope, you know, for a while they weren't getting paternity leave. They wouldn't get time to spend with their kids. I mean, it was crazy. Like how they treat you. They're just like rough it up. It's like, but I have a child. I can't just, mm -hmm. you know, right. 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 And I can't put him on my yeah. back while I'm out here shooting and doing mm -hmm. stuff. Like mm -hmm. I can't do that stuff. And, you see a lot of that. So I think um, family law and helping a lot of those uh, military guys out. I know I had a couple lawyers that I met that worked a lot on UCMJ and everything else because um, it's a good way, a good way to help it, you know, I think. What's UCMJ? Mm -hmm. uh, Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's uh, what applies to every member of the U.S. military. Um, does not apply to um, civilians. In some cases, I think it can. I have to look at my, my case law. I'm a little off, a little rusty on that right now. It, it, literally, we have, we have to keep that thing and look at it all the time because it's convoluted, complicated. Um, but it's, it's very one-sided. I mean, it's very – commanders have decisions um, for whether a kid – and in a lot of cases, a kid screws up and he gets – his whole life's gone over one person making a decision even though there's evidence, there's stuff going on there and stuff. It's completely different. Commanders have all leeway over, you know, matters of everything. They dole out punishments left and right. It's, it's backwards. You know, it's, it's crazy that it's like that. I get why it is. 
but at the same time, there has to be a lot more empathy and compassion um, involved in a lot of these cases because you'll ruin a kid's career. And I mean, it's really hard when he's already living in a, in a crappy situation. You take an 18-year-old kid, lives in the barracks, loses his rank, so he's not making any money. Now he's making less money. So we sit in the barracks all the time, can't afford to go out, can't afford to do anything. NCOs half the time don't even check on up on him. He gets lonely, and that's when you get suicide. That's when you get other crazy things that happen. I mean, it, I see it destroy and rip, rip families apart. It's crazy. Dang. I mean, I had a buddy who was um, Mormon, was a Green Beret, and he, um, his wife tried to come at him with a knife, broke her wrist, and he was just doing what he was trained to do, protect himself. He got five years in jail, and she was like, she came out crazy, mm. like did not like diagnose bipolar, everything. And she got the kids and he's, he was in jail. And when he came out he ended up committing suicide because he didn't have any other options. He's a felon, you know, and a domestic felon at that. That was the, it, he couldn't get a job doing anything. It was sad. It was really sad. The guy had never dr- done anything bad in his life. Never swore, never drank. He was a good dude and protecting himself, made one decision, gone. Dang. Yeah. So I think so that's my focus of that. Sums it up to help them. It's a long explanation. Yeah, <laughs> nice goals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we just went through the political, <laughs> yeah, <coughs> process of mm-hmm. the midterm elections. Mm. How do you feel about the way veterans are used by politicians? I hate it to tell you the truth because a lot of us will sit there and tell you, especially, um, we'll go for candidates. You'll get some guys that'll go really into, into politics and stuff, but for the most part, like, you know, most of us, like believe it or not, we'll, we'll usually identify as libertarian. You'll have a couple, you know, Democrats and really, you know, conservative. Most people think conservatives are all in the military and stuff. It's more balanced to both because the best way to sum up be on a veteran is like, we just want to go to our gay friend's wedding, um, carrying our AK-47 and protecting our marijuana plants is about the best way to <laughs> sum up how a vet, like most veterans will view politics. And that's, that's in the light. So we're very balanced as far as everything else goes, which is good. It's just weird when you have politicians that, decide to use that but i'm not surprised you know it's mm-hmm. we've seen that for years it's just yeah. escalated beyond i mean half the stuff people are saying you're just like i don't know if this dude wants to run against her or he wants to actually murder her in her sleep i'm mm-hmm. not sure you know so it's some of them especially this one was really contentious and i saw some of the races yeah. going on yeah uh how do you feel about uh, the current military engagements we well we're we're in a no-win situation um, in Afghanistan, we pull out country goes, country's going to go right back to the Taliban, just the way it is, because they're not strong enough to stand up on their own. They're too corrupt to stand up on their own. So we have to see there to ensure that a group of people who aren't even involved in the entire military thing, which is the majority of Afghan people mm-hmm. don't have to go through what they went through for the 25 years prior. And to an extent they're st- they still are going through it. That's my feelings on that one. As far as, um, kind of more of the global scale stuff you got going on with some of the Pacific aggression with China and some of the atolls and then some of what they're doing. China just has to do that because, you know, we do the same thing. China has to flex too. Some embarrassing, like in 2005, their, their military <laughs> actually lost or couldn't stop a Indian frigate. I mean, this thing was not even state of the art or something in their own waters. We're so embarrassed by it. I mean, it was international embarrassment. It, was, hmm. it obviously wasn't a big page news and stuff. It was a big deal for like us, but it yeah. wasn't a big deal for them. And they said, you know what? We need to modernize um, our military. And I've dealt a lot with the Chinese and case studies and everything else. I studied Mandarin. And I can tell you, first and foremost, they love to steal stuff and they love to make it better. Oh, dang. Yeah. And that's where they get. And I had, mm-hmm. you know, my, and I had a Chinese uh, instructor actually sit there and he was like, you know, for some reason, 
our culture set up the way because we that was part of like learning the language and he was like um we were set up really good with like business mathematics academics everything else but we don't do research and development like mm -hmm. even though they developed like back in the day you know gunpowder and everything else yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. for some reason they kind of lost some of that innovation but it's the way that their society's kind of set up it's like do really good get here do that but they're not actually being like okay we need people that know how to do robotics microchemistry uh, genetics things of that nature and they have people like that but they don't go into it. Instead, everyone wants to be like a translator and wants to be like a businessman or a lawyer or a doctor. So there's plenty of those, mm -hmm. but they don't have like some of those other trade skills. Dang. So what they're doing right now is just basically trying to let us know that they're trying to catch up with us because they were so far behind. And we didn't know a lot about them because, you know, it's a communist country. It's hard to get information in there. And they were very good at, you know, ensuring that a lot of that stuff stayed in. Um, but now that we kind of understand it more and stuff, we understand where they're coming from. And that's going to be an ongoing thing because, I mean, if we were trying to like, when we kind of do the same thing, like try to protect our own, mm -hmm. I mean, cause we can't really talk cause we're kind of, we have bases all over the, uh, over the world and that's yeah. for a reason. Strategically, we have to be able to get to certain places that are hotspots. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff like NATO, um, NATO is great, um, agreement for like Europe, but it's not really good for us. That's when Trump kind of came out and said, look, we're going to pull out because we're paying all this money for it. And you guys are paying no money for it and not putting forth any effort. So we're not going to be the main protection hub for all of you. You need to step up to the plate and actually want to protect your own country. And I applaud him for that, you know, because a lot of that stuff goes on in Europe with the whole, like when Brexit, the, when the Brexit thing happened, mm -hmm. we laugh because they, I mean, any kind of military, any person you talk to over there could have told you like for, for years, like it's like Britain was getting dragged down economically and Germany's really the only viable, you know, country in there and stuff. And that's, who pushes the trans uh, uh, north of mo mostly NATO and stuff with us and all that and the great allies, but make it make some complicated politics. It's kind of like what we have to stand off with Russia. And I was one of the few people that kind of said, you know, they said Russia collusion. I, I definitely don't agree. They should be trying to, you know, meddle in elections or hack or anything like that. But if we were friends with them, wouldn't that make sense? I mean, why are we even mad at Russia? Like what is Russia really trying to do? Like we've been mad at Russia, I think since the time of the czar, because we've never had close relations with their country and the Soviet union happened, but we were allies in world war II. But look at like all the stuff. I don't think Putin's a nice guy. I know, I know for a fact, Putin's not a nice guy. He's very, he's a very mean guy, mm -hmm. but, um, I don't necessarily know if us having a stance against them like we do is beneficial. I think it's better if we all work together. Cause think about if like us, China, Russia, and, uh, us, China, and Russia actually work together and we're on really good terms. Like, what we get accomplished? Yeah, worldly, yeah. Space program wise, like we're talking like there's no you know standoffishness about that. We're not worried about our own. It's more global. And we're helping mm -hmm. each other out. We got to do it now. Yeah, I mean piecemeal. Like you know, every we don't have our own space shuttle launches. They all launch from Kazakhstan. We have to go and pay Russia to get astronauts. Dang. In the in the sky, it's crazy, right? Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, because they're one of the few. They still have one of the few active space programs along with China. And China's still like years away from developing like, you know, some of the shuttle technology that we had. But they're catching up. And yeah, we're just kind of privatizing by the wayside. Our, our space program. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we yeah, don't even want to pay for it. Yeah. yeah we're going to have a space force, by the way. I was actually excited. I was like, man, I can finally be a space shuttle door gunner. Which is like <laughs> thing you tell every Starship person Starship Troopers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Space shuttle door gunner. <laughs> yeah. If you see all the yeah. memes for that, it's hilarious too. Like Rico, like you see Corporal Rico swearing yeah. getting mass punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Article 15 lashes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, for, hmm. for most of the global things and stuff like America, I think because we have, you know, such a, um, active military and so many interests in so many countries, we're always going to be in this stance. People hate us until they need us. And then they really need us. And then when we're there too long, they go, okay, get out of here. Yeah. No mas. My, my whole theory, I said, this was, we just go in, destroy everybody 
and then leave and say, try again. <laughs> if you can't get it right this time, we'll be back. Take have him, a good day. Take yeah. him back to ground zero. <laughs> yeah. But you have to, I mean, you, but you have to look at, you know, some of the things too. Is there's bad stuff going around all around the country. We can't let what stands in Syria happen. I mean, they just, they, they keep digging up mass graves that ISIS had. And we knew ISIS was going to happen when we left. It was funny. We all mm -hmm. called it. And that's what we get for pulling out too early and not finishing the job. So that's the thing is every constant, every time we pull out of somewhere, if we don't do it the right way, it this is what worse. happens. Yeah. So people blame us and it's like, well, it wasn't great to start with. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Hmm. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing, Ryan. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. This is awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me share, guys. I'm very stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're going to take our first break and, uh, mm -hmm. Caesar, you have a song of the week we're going to play. Yeah. It's, I guess it's perfect right now. Protect your neck by Wu-Tang, <laughs> you know, you especially, Damn. uh, 25th anniversary for, uh, enter the Wu 36 chambers and midnight marauders happen. So yeah, it's really awesome. Is like taking that song and like going on combat patrol. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, combat, combat patrol, like oh, soundtracks oh, are awesome. Soundtracks are uh, There's nothing like. Literally banging out to Wu Tang and shooting a, a 7.60 minigun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a movie, but I'm also stressed out. Yep. Well, enjoy. Protect your neck. Dude, protect Wu Tang Clan. Salute. Peace. What you want to hear? I want to hear that Wu Tang joint. Wu Tang again? Uh, again, again and again. Wu Tang coming at you. Like smoking Joe Fraser, the Hellraiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all uh, tick-tock and keep ticking. Well, I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, co-ed, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. He's saying goodbye like Devin Campbell. Buck neck, inspect the decks on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild. Sit back, relax. Ray got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more. I got going to war with the melting pot. I it's the method man for short, Mr. Map. Move it on your left. Ah, and set it off. Get it off. Let it off like a gat. I want to break food. Cop me back. Small change. They putting shame in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the frame. And like fame. My style live forever. Niggas crossing over like they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a suit? Enough respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh. Yo, check out the phone like the Hudson or PCP. When I'm dusting, niggas off because I'm hot like Source. The smoke from the lyrical blood make me uh, Ooh, I grab my nut, get screwed Ow, here comes my Shaolin style Two, B, A, B, Y, U To my crew with the Can't slam, don't let me get fooled on the man. The old dirty bastard.
Chris on your nigga rolling with the night of the creeps. Niggas be rolling with the stars. Ain't saying gas white my style. I bite your motherfucker. Out loud, my style is wild, so book me. Not long is how long that this rhyme took me. Ejecting styles from my lethal weapon. My pen that rocks from here to Oregon. Here's more again. Catch it like a psycho flashback. I love gats. Rap was a gun. You wouldn't bust back. I come with shit, all types of shapes and sounds. And wherever I lounge is my stomping grounds. I give an order to my peeps across the water to go and snatch up props all around the border and get far like a shooting star. The shoe I'm on is living the life of Pablo Escobar. Point blank as I kick the square bits. There it is, your fucking pros and it goes. Yo, chill with the feedback block. We don't need that. It's 10 o'clock, ho. Where the f*** you see that? Feeling mad hostile. Ran out postal. Throwing like Christ when I speak the gospel. Soul with the holy roll. Then attack the globe with the buckets. Style the ruckus. Ten times ten men committing mad sin. Turn the other cheek and I'll break your f***. Slain boom bangs like African drums. Coming around the mountain when I come. Crazy flamboyant for the rap enjoyment. My plan increased like black unemployment. Yeah, another one dare. Took, took a genius. Take us the f*** out of here. The woo was too slamming for these coke killer labels. So ain't had hits since I seen Aunt Mabel. Be doing all the sin like Kane did Abel. Now they money's getting stuck to the gum under the table. That's what you get when you misuse what I invent. Your empire falls and you lose every cent. But trying to blow up a scrub. Now that thought is just as white as a 20-watt light bulb. Should have pumped it when I rocked it. Niggas so stingy, they got short arms and deep pockets. This goes on in some companies with majors. They're scared to death to pump these. First of all, who's your ain't? A mountain climber who plays an electric guitar But he don't know the meaning of dope When he's looking for a suit and tie rap That's cleaner than a bar soap And I'm the dirtiest thing in sight Matter of fact, bring out the girls and let's have a mud fight You best protect your neck You best protect your neck That was Protect mm. Your Neck by the Wu-Tang Clan 25 years of Wu dominance, starting okay. off with Enter the Wu, mm-hmm. the 36 Chambers 25 years ago. Yep, and that intro to that song was off, I think it was like a college radio station call-in, and the guy just wanted more Wu-Tang again and again. <laughs> again and again. Yes. Yeah, we always want more Wu-Tang right here, so. All day, every day. If you don't know, mm-hmm. you better ask somebody. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so what's up next? I can't even do it. The news. So we have the midterm elections this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the women be winning. Yes, yes. And that's great. I had a lot of it. I just saw today, I didn't see this first uh, mm-hmm. Korean-American woman, a Republican one in California last week to Congress. So uh, just uh, we had first Muslim-American woman, first Native American woman, first gay woman. Mm-hmm. First a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Very excited. Yeah, more, uh, more... Getting a little balance to the force. <laughs> more, yeah, instead of a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah, Let's spread it out. Mm-hmm. Get different uh, opinions on what to do. Yes, different backgrounds. It's it's needed. Like we're in a melting pot, so might as like <laughs> it needs to be. That's how it needs to be. Yeah, it's more of like a melting jar. <laughs> it doesn't completely get melted. It gets mixed. Not we're mixed, not melted. Like up in the mix. Yes. <laughs> like we're. We're more shaken than stirred. <laughs> Shake and bake. Uh, oh, there's Jake. Oh, hey. Uh, welcome back, hey, Jake. Hey, guys. Extra, extra. You are here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think of the yeah. midterms, Jake? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they went well. Um, I uh, Nothing surprised me, actually. 
and and Nevada's been blue. We we were blue, and I think um, Heller knew he was on his way out just because of the way he had been manipulated by his own party. And Nevada, we they kind of screwed him over. I think in Nevada we're more independent than relating to any party, and I think I think yeah, the voting kind of reflects that. Even though you know. Still, ninety percent is red. It's just the two two major counties are blue. Well, ninety so. percent of the land mass is red. Yeah, yeah. I, thank, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. Not on the that. people. Yes. Not the people. Yes, mm-hmm. if you look at the map. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, not very many surprisings. But mm-hmm. we got to salute our past guest Sarah Peters did mm-hmm. win her unopposed election <laughs> to the state assembly. So, That's how uh, you know you're hard. Yeah. No one goes against <laughs> yeah. you. They were scared of representing our very district. Mm-hmm. So yeah. salutes to her. Good job. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Mm-hmm. I know she's got, you know, we, did we listen talk, to that yeah. episode. Yeah. She mm-hmm. explains, you know, she's got some good ideas on so, you know, focusing on the environment mm-hmm. here in Nevada. So I'm excited for the new moves yeah. to be made. Three failed. The Three, energy, yeah, the energy. Oh. big. That was the mm-hmm. big monster piece. This. It didn't even come close. Mm-hmm. No, it was like 60, no. 60, 30, right? 65, no. 35 Warren, or something. Warren Buffett versus Sheldon. <laughs> Buffett <laughs> right. wins. Berkshire Hathaway wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. that Warren Buffett guy, we should listen to him. It sounds like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. Oracle, you know. The Oracle from Omaha. Warren Buffett <laughs> controlling our energy. And like, probably like, he, like, Margar- more, like Margar- Margar- Margaritaville <laughs> controls that too. <laughs> who's, Skynet, a par- who's a parrot? Skynet right will here? be financed by Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> That's how it start. it'll start. <laughs> it'll be created mm-hmm. by like a crazy scientist accidentally, but it will be financed by Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> I, IBM, IBM's Watson is already working on Skynet for them. We just don't know it yet. It, it's when in jeopardy. It's it's developing everything. It's the mass data miner, so I don't know if you guys have ever looked at the Watson or anything mm-hmm. like that. No, it's yeah, He just spends all of his time just studying all of human knowledge, trying to essentially <laughs> get better at being... <laughs> Essentially. No, you can talk, yeah. Ryan. Put the yeah, grab yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to be on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he went on a break and stayed on a break. <laughs> what did you What did you want to uh, say, Ryan? Yeah. I was laughing. Just at what he was trying to say. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. yeah. Put on your headphones, too. <laughs> right over I'm here. all messed up. <laughs> Two years. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Moving on your left. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned Watson and... Was that it? Was was it the Watson reference? What's that now? Was it the Watson reference? Yeah, I was just I just laughed because you said you wanted to be like the whole. You started going to the Skynet thing, we and I've heard Skynet. it before, which is also funny. Was your response was no? We just need to look at all human knowledge and make sure this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get random scientist guy up there real quick just to explain the dangers of this. <laughs> like, yeah, haven't you guys read a sci-fi novel before? Yes. They or, always they're gonna turn on us. That's always what mm-hmm. happens. Or see a movie, <laughs> The Borg. <laughs> Every sci-fi novel. The stuff, yeah, like, the fucking Borg. Every futuristic society has laws against this. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to have very for very clear reasons. That's what he's yeah. got to have for a handle now is Mr. Nye the Science Guy, not Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A.K.A. I don't know. I don't even know how we started talking on Skynet, but what's the next? Oh, <laughs> uh, we uh, that shooting in Southern Damn California. It. It's sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, the craziest mm, thing about that mm. is that some of the people in that shooting had been in the Las Vegas shooting last year. Yeah, it was really? a medic, the Marine medic. Yeah, that was in there. Mm. He actually helped because he helped people mm. at one scene. He helped people at the other scene and stuff. Just goes to show you that veterans apparently like bullets and blood. Yeah, or they just tracked it for some reason. I feel for him though. I mean, that was 
that's a mascal situation, which would be yes. really hard to handle. And two stressful situations at home. Yeah. 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 After, you know. After being away from <laughs> After home. being away. And very and like, Yeah. Being stressed out, you wouldn't expect that. But I'm pretty sure I've used the term at one time. Yeah. I left Iraq to get shot at here. Because <laughs> it's happened. Like, mm-hmm. I've been some pretty shady parts. Especially, yeah. like, Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. South Side Chicago. Mm. Homeland's stressful still. We're useful, though, because we have the, the actual, like, the triage and training and the, the actual like um, uh, medical training but, that'd be, that'd be yeah. a useful thing to teach people like CPR mm-hmm. and actual like combat med training. Helps so many people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally you're useful because you can just, you, you stop like most like 90% of people or 80% of people bleed out at the site right there and stuff. And if you can actually stop the bleeding, that's been known to save like uh, increase the mortality rate, I think exponentially compared to like, if you don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing, because most people don't, I mean, they could, you could sit there look at someone and be like, he's good, but he's bleeding inside. Something mm-hmm. can't diagnose and he's dead and you don't know why. So pre- prepare yourselves with some basic CPR and that stuff and then take it, take it to the level you want to, but aren't, you know, it's about being safe and, yeah, help, and, help, and helping others. Help yeah. yourself out. Really is. Help yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels, it, I felt at this a lot point, better. it's like you were saying, Jake, when you were at the, the uh, parade with your kids, like, Whenever you're in a crowd somewhere, you got to be thinking about these things. You, crowds are like, like I said, crowds are targets, and you have to be have a heightened awareness and just you know the energy. You can feel it change. It's that, and I mean, I'm 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 hesitant to talk around such a guy with experience in in much much more dangerous <laughs> yeah, situations. Yeah. So so I'm a little a little hesitant, but I think everybody, even civilians like myself, are have a heightened awareness and are now. Viewing we have crowds to do, is we had a code red situations. drill this week. We yeah. have to do code red drills. We had a code red drill this week mm-hmm. where literally it's like, what would you would do with mm-hmm. an active shooter on campus? So like, you know, we shut everything down. Like the kids are all quiet. And we're sitting yeah. there and like, literally just like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course they have questions. And I was like, jokingly like, well, I know what I would do. Like, you know, like I'm like, if this was a real situation, I got you. Like, they're like, yeah. You know, like, but it's like something I've, it's something I've thought. I'm like, they're like, what would you do? I'm like, honestly, like, I'm going to move that cabinet that's right by the door in front of the door. We're going to put the tables there. And I'm like, and we're going to all going to, you know, we'll be in the corners like you guys are right now. And I was like, if it got worse or we could get away, like, we're going to break those fucking windows, Mm -hmm. break those fucking windows. We're right here on the side of the school. And like, you guys, we're all going to climb out the windows and we're going to fucking make a run for the street. That's right there. Like, we're going to go out that side gate right there. It's sad you have to talk about that like that way and think with about like, that way. With like well, 11 years old. But it's a good way to just actually think, mm-hmm. yeah. What you just described sounds like a lot of the actions that were taken by some of the patrons at that bar where they were describing stories of them climbing out of the broken windows and, and getting away. and Breaking them away. And people yeah. hiding in the attic and that sort of stuff. I mean, people had, <coughs> people had plans for dealing with that situation. Which and you it, it's unfortunate to. that, yeah. you know, it's the initial reaction or it's the initial action that it takes the most lives before mm-hmm. people are scattering yeah. and reacting so it's and a, like we tell them like we practice they're like if a fire drill goes off and mm-hmm. there's a code red like you don't don't do it like mm-hmm. that you know they'll come release you and I was, they're like well what happened and like if there was a fire and there was a code red like we're gonna like i've already looked at those windows like i know how we're gonna yeah. break them and like how we're going to we have contingency plans. Yeah. You got to think it. two steps ahead about this stuff. You know, the yeah. one thing I said too is like we should also find a way to get like veterans that can actually, you know, will carry, like been in the military and will carry like at schools. Sometimes yeah, it's like I one of the whole things. Some people do, you know, and I, I, I see where one's coming from as far as that goes. Because I mean, like these point. schools have armed guards. Like there was, yeah. a, or there was armed guards at this yeah. bar. Like 
You know, you're just yeah. you're making more of a target then. Yeah, but, I mean, and that's that's definitely one of the theories like behind it and stuff too. But you know, the best thing I always said about you know owning guns is because like the high schools already have school pol- like armed school police on them. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's not like agreeable. Yeah. It's just it's weird. It's it's just you want to have like, armed guards roaming the halls? No, not like roaming the halls. I mean, like, you but know, that's what it would take to prevent this, right? And that, but I mean, and there's it's like ninety, and it's you know kind of proves the point what you're talking about too. Is there's like you can have all those things uh, in place and stuff, but I think what it really comes down to is unfortunately, you know, you do have to do those drills and get people there, but you just have to have people that know how to react. I mean, it's you know we, we look talk about as a society where we need to look at you know guns and stuff, and you know I can agree with that absolutely, but we also have to be sensible on both sides. Like people that don't want you know guns there, if they have to argue it, they have to talk about it from a sensible thing, but they have to be willing to work with other people, you know. And I think the biggest thing that we can give is tactical awareness to a lot of you know kids and people down there and stuff is letting them know that this is some of the things you need to work out with. I mean, I can tell you right now, I've seen, I've been to a bunch of different, you know, IED scenes, um, mass bombing scenes, suicide bombing scenes and stuff. And the number one thing is a lot of people didn't notice what was going on because they weren't paying attention. They were down in there, especially like you go to Europe and places here with smartphones, they put their heads down their smartphones. They're not aware of what's going on. And they could have someone with a, they did, I've seen studies before. They have someone with a gun walk down the street right by a bunch Nobody of different notices. people. Nobody notices the dude at all. Yeah. I mean, he's not even hiding. He's just carrying it. Probably out like wasn't this. a black it's dude crazy. though. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger danger right away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he'd still be on probation in the state right now. Most likely. Like dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's crazy. And I think, you know, looking at like, why are we creating so many mass shooters these days too? Cause that's the other thing I think that we all do is why, why is mental health or why do people have to go to a gun? Because we've had them for so long, but in the last 30 years, I mean, since Columbine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've really had an increase in mass shooting. So what is it about? Was that just the catalyst that, like, said, oh, no, we can do this now? I don't think it's that. I think it's the symptom deeper, of what's wrong you know? with our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, like, mental health. Like, right. it's very important. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a big, you know, I've had a bunch of different people. I mean, hell, I've done it. You know, PTSD is a real thing. It's for real. And you've had people you see deal with it in severe cases that I, you know, have too and stuff. And you know i've gone through it so you can sit there and look at him and go okay man this it's really like a, st- a seven step process almost like mm. it's crazy think about it that way but to get over it because it takes time and you never really get over it you know and so, you can live with those type of you know disabilities some people call them disabilities but in some ways you know like it gives them like a, an edge you know like um it's been known to unlock like especially people with multiple personality disorders like a genius level intellect or different parts of their brain they can't access when they're in a different one and it's really cool to think about, and we look at it more as a disability because they don't know how to control it. But what if we actually, you know, try to have them embrace it and control it rather than try Focus to prevent it. them, dope them up? Because that's the problem, too, is you dope them up on so many freaking drugs, mm-hmm. man. I've been, I remember, you know, seeing people that were on, like, you know, the real hardcore drugs. It just, like, made them zombies. And I wouldn't want to live my life like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you, this, think it's, do you think it's a combination of of not only of higher focus on mental health and a higher focus on healthcare in general, but also compromising the style of weapons that are available. Because I mean, there, there is, there is a mathematical correlation between the number of mass shootings and the legislative easement of the style of weapons that were made available to the public. So, I mean, I I think there's a multi-angle approach to this very complex problem. And, uh, you know, I want to know your take on, on what you think about that. So, well, the problem is the type and style of guns. We can restrict magazines. We can restrict bullets. You can take sights off. You can do whatever you can, but you cannot prevent someone from modifying that weapon. 
first and foremost. I mean, you can look up on YouTube half the time and figure out how to make, you know, a semi-automatic rifle automatic. You can figure out, you can buy extended magazines, bring them in here. I mean, people aren't doing door-to-door checks, Mm -hmm. doing something. But saying that, it's a responsibility as a gun owner and stuff to be responsible with all that stuff. Keep your stuff locked up. My guns are locked up right now. My guns will always remain locked up. I have a four-year-old kid around my house. I don't let her do anything. But you know what I do teach her? I do teach her that this is a gun. You don't touch it when I'm around. Okay? But I think, you know, just like anything else in society, it's my personal belief. It's not anything I'm pushing on anybody mm-hmm. else. We have to be able to teach people how to use a gun. Now, I'm not saying, like, you know, it's something that we have to force upon people or do anything else and stuff. But just like anything else, if you don't use it, you don't understand it. You know, and it's not for everybody. I mean, I've seen people shoot one before and they just don't want any part of it at all. Some people get hooked, you know, but it's something that if you're if you're a gun owner and you're a responsible gun owner, you have to obey the laws and you have to do everything you possibly can, you know, to be responsible. And you have to have open dialogue. You can't just, you know, get real emotional because that's the problem, too, is when we have these debates, we can't just sit down and talk, you know, like. It, it, because you you look unreasonable. You have to listen to both sides. You know, you have to be actually take an effort to look down and listen to both sides. But I can tell you right now, styles doesn't matter. I can, there's, there's a lot of people around here probably right now that can call a buddy of theirs and they can find any style of gun out there. They would like for the right price hmm. until you sure. can figure out a way to get those off the streets. You have a serious problem right here. And the other problem is too, is like we talk about, you know, Gun confiscation is a bigger one. There are some people that will not give up their guns. They will die fighting mm-hmm. for those guns. And you're asking people to go door to door and take them. Yeah, that's a hard. That's, that's your son. That's your yeah. brother. That's that. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. Well, let's let's not change today, or think about that because you know. But if you eliminated, say, the manufacturer, eventually they all go away. So this could be that could be solved, and, and maybe it's not an instant solve. But in a hundred years, if we stopped the manufacturer today, in a hundred years, they're gone or they're they're broken or they're the the amount right. of weapons available has right. has severely severely gone down. Right. That would also uh, have us stop. You know that that find us a way to you know solve problems without fighting at all. We'd have to come to peace with other nations and stuff because it's not just us doing the arms race. No, it's no, and, and I'm race. and I'm not even thinking of as from a military standpoint mm-hmm. because I understand the yeah. the defense of the country is necessary, yeah. especially in such a turmoil turmoil right. war mm-hmm. or world. Excuse me, but I'm just talking about domestically. Does this modern 2018 society with all, all of right, our we're not getting into this? <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> we weren't uh, going to debate. We can do this for another. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into right, the right, debate right. about. But I get you. But right. yeah, I response to that. I get you. It's fair. So who did the next out of the DOJ? This is Jake's. Jake's. Thing. What's this one? Oh, I'm Suing? just. I just found it interesting that the Department of Justice is still trying to catch up on the money from the 20, 2008 financial crisis. So they just announced that they're suing USB and the Swiss banks, um, and they're still trying to recoup all of that money from the um, inappropriate mortgage sellings and all of that stuff. So I, I was looking at that. Good and luck. That, yeah. Does that tie into any of your conspiracy theories? Mm. I felt like maybe that's why you put it there. No, no, but this, but, but I mean, but I mean, you had to think about it. <laughs> he did. He was like mm. going down the checklist. Yeah, let me. Boop, 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 boop. This, is, this is not executive order twenty. Yeah. No, but I mean, the two thousand eight mortgage crisis. Nevada's economy was is right on the end of the whip. So, whenever there's big economic swings, we get the we get hit the hardest, and we get the the end of the lash. So, like it's, uh, 
to for uh, for me to see that the fucking DOJ is still pursuing money on that and is still pursuing a decade later this bubble that popped. It's like, did we ever really recover from that bubble, or what? What is the current bubble that's holding it up? And I guess yes. Now I'm going down conspiracy theory just, <laughs> just to be talking, but mm-hmm. you kind of answered your own uh, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, found it I was waiting for it. Mm. I found it interesting that this isn't my first time hanging around Jake. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> Oh man! Then you had some weird news. Weird news. This This one's a good one. (laughs) This I love. This article. Okay, so this guy in Utah used to like basically (coughs) let let bats come into his house, let bats fly on him, lick him, fed him, attracted them to his house, and then he got rabies and he he died. So Batman got fucked up. I have a great story about bats too. Oh shit! All right, I'm ready. So we we did have an individual who I used to work with when I was in the military and stuff, and he was from Tennessee. Weird, really weird kid. Name was Burke, mm-hmm. and he um, literally would take bats. And it, this is in Arizona, right? And he kept them in his barracks room. Well, the things like actually like reproduce at a very high level, so they got into the rafters and they literally infested the barracks. This is a brand new barracks, like a year old, right? Infested barracks. The kid got kicked out of the school. He got sent back and quarantined for rabies quarantined. for doing this. Oh yeah. Literally destroyed, like wasted, I think it was millions of dollars or some shit like that, all because he wanted to have a bat in his room. And he, he thought it would be a good idea. He started bat. his own bat colony? Yeah. He started his own bat colony in there, but the the worst part was it made those barracks unlivable. So everyone had to abandon them. And they were right across from where everyone worked at. Mm. And the nearest way down there was like a two-mile walk. Oh, a two-mile drive or something. So that like, it was funny because that Sergeant Major, who's a senior enlisted advisor there, I saw him like after it happened and he literally is still mad about it. And it was three <laughs> years ago. Dude, yeah. that, dude, that yeah. sucks. Like, that, but that, you always have. Bat, don't like a bat. I can't, but you, have, you have collectors of stuff. Like if you leave a bunch of males, young mm-hmm. males in the barracks with time on their hands and they don't have like, especially the Southern boys with mm-hmm. like, you know, all the country leanings, they'll, they'll grab snakes, scorpions, they'll all sorts of stuff, man. Pet, I've seen like, we had scor- the they would have scorpion fights in the barracks. I mean, it was, it was out of control. <laughs> wow. I know. Yeah. I, I also know someone who caught a bat once when we were fishing and uh, tied a fishing string to it. And got bit by the bat while he was fucking around, like trying oh. to like put the bat on the fishing stream yeah. and like fish with the bat, and he got bit. He did have to go get a rabies shot, but this guy yeah. in Utah apparently did not. No, and I heard rabies is a terrible way to die. Yeah, it is, is it like zombies? Like eat your or brain, it like eat your brain, and you it go can be like, pass through saliva too. You don't, you don't even need to necessarily be bit. So if the bat is just licking you, that's why they say don't even touch a dead one because mm-hmm. there's so many ways to potentially catch it. And you think it's muscle ache, you think it's muscle fatigue and and headaches, and then by the time you're feeling the headache, it's too late, and basically it shuts down your brain and you go. The zombie so apocalypse. That Best. get your rabies vaccinations. If and if you come into contact with rodents or with potential rabies mm. things, go don't go play get with the out. wildlife unless you're an expert. Yeah, right. there you go. So the moral of the story is: stay away from bats and be safe. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> oh man, dude, no, no, no. All right, um, we skip petty move of the week. Can we do the petty move? Oh, of the we week? did we? Yeah, the petty move of the week. Dude. Oh yeah, tell it, Caesar. This, this one's mine. This, this, this one's a good Ohio. one. We got Cleveland in Cleveland. You know the land. Um, this 11-year-old kid takes the parents Dodge Durango because mom and him get into a fight and she takes away his PlayStation so she so he takes the car on a joyride. 
I heard about that. And it's Stole not his. It is not his first time. Yeah, what was the first time, Jake? This kid, and like last fall. Oh or yeah, when he was ten last mm-hmm. fall, he took the police on a hundred mile an hour high speed chase. This one's ninety. Yeah, doing the same thing. So he he's he likes just jacking, just mm-hmm. jacking the cars. I mean, I feel like uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids, but I feel like his parents are not doing a very good job mm-hmm. of raising this young man. I mean, yeah. two plus two does equal four, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and just have some the, control of your goddamn child. And just for the PlayStation. Hide your car keys? Hide your car keys? Yeah. <laughs> About Jake, nine. I'm sorry. That's yeah. like step fucking 50 for me. <laughs> step, step number one is like, yeah. what? Establish dominance. Get your ass yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> JT in the background. Yeah. Goddamn right. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like, Obviously, you failed so many times mm-hmm. for it to get to this point with your child. Like, it's like I remember when I was 19 mm-hmm. working at the wreck, and this mom was like, her kid was hella bad. And she's like, I don't know what to do with him. I was like, well, I'm Watch a 19 him. year old making $8 an hour well, g- barely passing college. And she's good with me. And like, me, and, and he listens to mm-hmm. me. Maybe you've had eight years practice at this. Maybe you should be a fucking better parent. Like, Maybe there's why are you soft. asking me? Yeah. They're, they're, gonna end up, they're gonna end up in the military being someone's problem. <laughs> right there. Well that's yeah, where I mean, they'll get all their spankings. Yeah. Well, I mean and that's the thing too, is like being a parent, it's crazy, but like ninety percent is actually making the effort to watch the kid. Like the kid can run. Consistency and, and holding them literally. accountable. Like literally you if you just if you brown the kid, you pay attention to the kid, you like keep the kid entertained. It's the easiest thing in the world. Does it take effort? I make kids yeah. who aren't even mine listen to me. <laughs> yeah. But what do, Imagine uh, how good my yeah. kids would actually yeah. be. But when yeah. you're doing these things, what are you not doing? Multitasking, like watching TV on your phone, mm. screwing no. around. I'm watching them like a hawk. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for one of them to fucking try me. <laughs> Yes, yeah. that is Swoop. exactly how my classroom is. Grizzly bears in full effect right now. Yeah, I like it. Just standing there waiting, fucking waiting, so excited for the first person to challenge me. <laughs> I wish you could see his look right now. Too. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, it's great because then like everyone else just relaxes. They're like, oh, wait, this is not worth it at all. I should just fucking do what he said. Like mm-hmm. he's This man is trying super hard to help me learn. Maybe I should just do that instead of making him angry. Yeah. But then you got to think about yourself at that age. What were you doing? Yeah. They love it. That's why the, the basketball team, you know, like they got they, they got to fucking learn. They got, Johnny and I have to make them fucking learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had an incident yesterday. You know, some players <laughs> didn't want to come to practice because one, one of them was like bitching and complaining and thought he was telling them not to go. So uh, I can't wait to see that young man on Tuesday because we're gonna have a very real conversation and he's gonna have to make some hard choices about life. Probably a lot welcome, of a welcome lot to of adult life. A lot of cardio probably gonna go down. <laughs> Johnny's like, you know, what, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take his jersey and give it to someone else and tell him if he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to come back to the team. Ooh, smashing attitudes one comment at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, Johnny, yeah, in my head, like, fuck yeah, Johnny, let's go. Ultimatum. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So you sit there and you do a fist bump. At this least. is why, like, we. Oh, this is why it's so hard to commit to coaching. It's because you have to. We have to like sit here and deal with like these little kids being fucking assholes. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, well, okay, this is all right. So, what do you think about the Reno High coach controversy? What, was, what happened there? Uh, there was a walkout yesterday. The Reno High students walked out because Coach A uh, was no is no longer the coach because of his comments about Bishop Minogue. Oh, I didn't hear what he, he said. Was, he was mm. basically saying Minogue's a glorified private institution that recruits and um, Which is, is big money. That's true. He's not wrong. <laughs> and as a Catholic, he was offended, and he, 
I mm. speaking off the cuff, but he, he sounds like maybe he said, "Is this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna go on a limb here. <laughs> sounds like he was uh, keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, calling out some hypocrisies mm. from a powerful institution and, and got and suffered some negative consequences. Shut him, shut him and a spineless administrator, like a jellyfish, came along and went, oh, didn't yeah, back him up. Him. And he just, hurt feelings. The students walked out and in protest of him. Yeah, and they. I'd like to think this, my students would do that for me. <laughs> I mean, what was Bishop Minogue's <laughs> response to that? That would have been the best one. We are actually not an institution that recruits people. We're a private Catholic school, so we have people that don't go here. They live. All they get scholarships Reno. to come and, to the school. Yeah. based off athletic merit. <laughs> yeah, but what's the big deal? <laughs> Their stance is it's a state scholarship so they're not actively giving scholarships for athletics i don't care what their state their stance is it's well, like the ask, ncaa well. it's like the ncaa says that they're you know an amateur i'm not, the, I'm not saying the stance is right. sports organization that just happens to make billions and billions of dollars yeah. off these mm-hmm. amateur air quote athletes i don't hear what and that they get paid say. with education yeah yeah but why how do we get, get how do we get here how mm, do we get here schools like maybe? why can't we just like because there used to be like you could talk trash to schools. Like remember how we hated Sparks growing mm-hmm. up? We hated our rival high school. Hated we could do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh, you still don't hate Sparks? <laughs> yeah. Like, hated. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, I'd have rival to find Sparks first, and I, I, I had to like actually check out, make sure Sparks still existed. I gave Nick. I gave Nick a hard time when he started teaching there. Oh, you teaching at Sparks High, bro? <laughs> oh, really? Like dead to me, man. Even as teachers, <laughs> just fucking talking shit. Uh, <laughs> read high alums over here. So that used to be cool. Like, go ahead, like talk crap about Minogue. I'm, I'm all, I'm all. Bad. I mean, I do like, it. In, we do it in bad. Mm, we were talking yeah. about it. You and I. We at the United gave us that. We talked about it last yeah. night. Like talking shit about UNLV. Like, oh, like new governor's probably at UNLV game because he lives in Las Vegas. The guy's Fuck a competitor. That guy. <laughs> the guy's a competitor. Like, watch any coach ever coach at all and stuff. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say stuff like people. Oh, I can't believe the coach said that. Well, he's a competitor, man. Like. That's mm-hmm. what he does. That's what, yeah. His only mistake yeah. was saying it where people could hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the wrong people. Don't yep. don't hit record. Which would be the news <laughs> is where he <laughs> was saying it. So. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta yeah. pick and choose where you talk shit. Yeah. Maybe on the local news is <laughs> the best place. <laughs> Come to you. you know what? You can say that on our podcast. Up in the mix. Because our listeners aren't snitches. No. Hey, Coach A. <laughs> so I feel like you have to someone in the corner of me like coach inappropriate, inappropriate. Just let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Well, uh, <coughs> speaking of basketball, UNR's off to their 2-0 start. They're ranked yes. seventh in the nation. Doing They've covered really good. As a so, salutes to Mike, as he would say, good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> and there was a, a celebration with Mike and one other dude in the section below us last night when UNR covered because they were fit to their favorite 21 and they mm-hmm. won by like 23 or 23. Getting the money. Money, 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 money. Cash rules all day, every day. <laughs> it feels good not being part of that FBI probe. Huh? I need to get on. I need to get on this because it definitely adds a, another layer of excitement. Like I'm rooting for Probably them to cover so yeah. Mike wins money. I'm like, what if it was my money I was yeah, rooting yeah, for? Yeah. It'd be more. It'd yeah, be more intense. I'd be more. Yeah, maybe that's not what I need. More grizzly Maybe bear I would need there. to enjoy. enjoy. Mm. Like I was looking at enjoy Johnny, the like, game. I was like, <laughs> I wish they sang the national anthem before our games because I get all. I'd get extra amped up. <laughs> I think the best part about that team is how they have people that actually came back just so they could like mm-hmm. do something. Chase the national title. Yeah. They could le- easily just be in Left, the NBA yeah. right now. That's why I got a season ticket, son. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm already saving up for when they make the Final Four. Let's go. Yeah. He's like, I know Put it's Put it on wax. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's coming. It's, you know, I just got to do good. this one last thing. We're already scouting. Yeah. We've, we're already scouting locations for where they're going to be playing their tournament games. Like, mm. ooh, if they're in San Diego, we could do this. Oh, if they're you – know, so yeah, we're excited about the season. I can't wait. I mean, mm. Hopefully, I'm going to be at most uh, most of the games. Most of the games, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Also in sports, rookie Trey Young got his car popcorn. You want to talk about this, Jake? Uh, it's a very common uh, thing. It's like cliche now. I feel like they do with their apartments. They did someone <laughs> on the Warriors apartments la- apartment last year. Uh, popcorn. I was looking for recent events, so this was within the last week. That's why. That's why mm. I pulled it out. But yeah, anytime an Audi gets wrecked because you're a rookie, it it kind of makes me giggle. So <laughs> I saw that. If uh, you're uh, up on the mix, pro tip: if I mean, you are a rookie uh, professional athlete. Don't get a car with a moonroof because then it's harder for them to put the popcorn in. <laughs> and one of his teammates was like, no, no, it's okay. It wasn't stale popcorn. It was good, fresh popcorn. Just got it from the mall. <laughs> All buttery and gross. like Because then he's got to pay hundreds of dollars to get his car detailed. Mm. Yeah. This is, I mean, these are, rich new, people. these are rich people problems. Even new seats, shit. Yeah. No, this is a rich people problem. No, they steal their key fob. Because yeah. like, they don't have yeah. their keys on when they're practicing. So uh, what they do is they have a staffer. Like when during practice, the staffer key. It steals the keys and then they somehow work out a way. You know, they go. That's well, how they do it. That's how they get you. That's the best part with being a professional down. athlete. I think if I was one, I'd be like, I'm, I'm going like 500 the speed limit. Just, just do like a social experiment, see if anything happens. Just I wouldn't like even an Audi drive. Or like an Aston Martin. I wouldn't even drive. I'd have someone drive for me all the time. That would I mean, be Antonio good. Brown has like a helicopter. He just got busted last week going 100. I, I saw that. Yeah, outside the stadium, and I was like, but you had a helicopter. Was it down today? Or what's <laughs> the deal? <laughs> it was shop. windy. It's getting yeah. detailed. Yeah. yeah. It's getting detailed. They got popcorn. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh. Well, uh, my song. Oh, word of the week. Ooh. Word of the week. Cuffing season. What is cuffing? What does cuffing mean, Caesar? We're listening. It's like uh, man, you know, it's man. winter time. You're with uh, your significant other, and you're like snuggling, and uh, yeah, it's just cuffing season, snuggling season. It's where you get your girlfriend you pair up with it. Yeah, yeah, you get your girlfriend after wilding out all summer, and then uh, you snuggle. settle down for the winter time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little actually, hibernation. I actually saw a cuffing schedule. Some girl posted it was like cuffing tryouts. <laughs> Um, cuff or no cuff, mm. point of no return, and then it was like decide to cuff yeah. or uncuff or like spring break. I feel like this is an East Coast term that's slowly no, spreading it, its way. It it's East definitely Coast. a Southern term. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, yeah, like sometimes tryouts happen after Labor Day weekend. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes it's after Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's pretty Depends much to keep schedule. warm because I think the thing is like for like a lot of dudes, it's like find a place to hang out and have someone put up with you because it's cold in the winter time. <laughs> This is you for deadbeats mm. who can't get a job or nothing like that. <laughs> where I look at it. See, Ryan's the, the regional dialect yeah. expert. I mean, think about how smart that is, though, too, yeah. for that guy. But there's a lot of people that exist like that <laughs> down down there, and I'm just I'm surprised. Mm. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get not... Ryan's thoughts on the South in a little bit later. Oh, yes, yes, bit, yes, 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 yes. Because he, he, I'm sure he has a lot to say. <laughs> but first, before we do that, mm. uh, my song of the week. This week is also the 25th anniversary of Midnight Routers, the classic album by A Tribe Called Quest. You say the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked the song Award Tour off a tribe called Quest's album, Midnight Marauders. Awesome. Listen and enjoy. It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines Niggas, take off your coats Ladies, act like gems Sit down, Indian styles You recite these hymns See, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo 
Christy Speedy or infectious with the slow mo. Heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo. Him, I never end the quest to get the paper on the caper. But now, let me take it to the Queen side. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side. All the residential questers who invade the air. Hold up a second, son, cause we almost there. You could be a black man and lose all your soul. You could be white and blue, but don't prep the road. See, my shit is universal if you got knowledge of Dolo or Delta self. See, there's no one else who could drop it on the angle. Acute at that. So, who that, do that, do that, that, that. Come on. Who that, do that, do that, that, that. Yeah. Who that, do that, do that, that, that. I'm bugging out, but let me get back cause I'm wet and niggas. So, run and tell the others cause we are the brothers. I learned how to build bikes in my workshop class. So, give me the sword and let's not make it the last. Song of the Week, and it was a war tour by Tribe Called Quest. Salutes to a tribe, 25 years of excellence. Mm-hmm. Midnight Marauders. That's not even my favorite Tribe album, but obviously considered their best mm-hmm. by a lot of people. Yeah, like the second one, right? The first one was Low End Theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they did a mashup with uh, Woo Lyrics from 36 Chambers to the Midnight Marauders. It was, it was pretty tight. Yeah, still got Electric Relaxation, which always takes you back. Electric. Mm-hmm. I almost played Electric Relaxation. It's Wayne's Brothers theme song. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> And then they had a bunch of really good theme songs on that. Yeah. Very hip-hop oriented. So Tribe Called Quest. But now, Ryan, it is time for the rapid fire questions. Ooh, I like this part. So uh, we will ask you a question. Just they're not, They don't have to be rapid, but like just tell us your answer and then explain why you say that. So, uh, Jake, you want to start with the first one? Yeah, we, we kind of touched on it, but what's your favorite and least favorite region of the country? I'm going to respond to that one, I guess. So my favorite part of the country would be the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the worst part of the country is the D.C. area in Virginia. I know that area well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you been on 95? Uh, yes. Then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because yes. oh, you probably that. wanted to pull your head out. Might turn into Mad Max in that area coming down there and stuff. But if you've ever been down to Tyson's Corner, you also uh-huh. appreciate the hoodness of uh, <laughs> Washington, D.C. It's really funny, too, because, like, 
most military bases are built in like the worst parts of the country. So we get like the most crime out of anywhere else there. But you got to think about it too. Like you got 50 people, everyone from all 50 states in one area where they're not from and put it like somewhere in like North Carolina. You get some ridiculousness coming out there. I mean, I could literally are you talking spend, about Asheville? Asheville Or is, as the locals say, Asheville? Asheville. <laughs> it's also Boone and Appalachian. Not uh, Appala- we say Appalachian, mm-hmm. Appalachian. Appalachian. Yeah, like Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> That's how you say it out there. Yeah. Can't say Louisville. No. They just Louisville. look at you like you're an out-of-towner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're you ain't French. from around here, boy, are you? <laughs> you obviously ain't no Kentuckian. You ain't even probably had no whiskey bourbon, have you? <laughs> that <Okay>. sounds awesome. <laughs> we it's funny, too, because I was actually talking about the difference between moonshine, like North Carolina, South Carolina. Carolina's mostly got, like, sweet moonshine. Which will really like it's dangerous because you drink it and you think oh it's not like the store bought stuff here it's like mm-hmm. the stuff I used to get myself from was like a biker gang down there made of all vets this would be the the type of biker <laughs> gang to do moonshine but it was like they'd have like cherry apple pie like literally the best flavors you've ever had and you're sitting there going I'm not getting drunk and wasting this time you wake up two hours later trying to recount what happened in the last two hours and it was out of control ESPN just had an article about West Virginia and their moonshine and yeah North yeah. Carolina I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with that and it's that. shining's big like my my dad's side of the family is from West Virginia so I've been to Bluefield which if anyone's been to West Virginia it's pretty much Charleston Morganton and a bunch of trailer parks out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> a bunch of people pedal <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm just being honest. You can try to argue with me if you're from West Virginia, but. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'll go next. Uh, favorite burger in Reno? Favorite burger in Reno? Burger in Reno. Hmm. I mean, it's funny because I'm not a big burger person in general, but the last one I had, I would say Burger Me was probably oh, okay. here in this place. Was burger Me was the best burger I've had. Another trucky hmm. transplant. But yeah. I always try everything once, so I'm open to suggestions. For burgers, I've Caesar's got one for you. Yeah, we yeah. always we always go to Rice. Rice burger. Yeah. Rice yeah. burger. Where's that at? It's uh, right down the street, uh, mm-hmm. next to Granite Street. Oh, nice. Let's hit it up one time, right? Mm-hmm. I'll take you to go get a rice burger. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite pizza place in Reno? Pizza place in Reno is Round Table. Yeah, Actually, toss up. We got toss up between Round Table and Pirates Pizza. Pirates Ooh, Pizza is pretty good. Pirates Pizza is. I haven't been there. Multiple in a while. people it's, have said Pirates Pizza. It's it's like right because I went there one time. I remember for a birthday party when I was like 15. And it would take, because we lived in like Wingfield, so it was, took like three hours to get anywhere in Reno. <laughs> <laughs> so like we, so we, we had it one time, but it was every once in a while, but now it's like down the street. So nice. Yeah. You love it? Okay. Nice. But those are definitely my two favorites. Multiple people. Or I love Round Table. Right, the, you're not going to hear, I love Pirate's Pizza too. I'm not going to yeah, argue You with appreciate that. Round Table when you have other. Maybe it's because like we like sauce. I feel like those two places have really good, cr- like. Crust and really good sauce. Like the Maui Zowie has like oh, yeah, that, that, that the one. sauce on that one Making is actually really right good. now, son. <laughs> exactly. It's like talking about Beach Hut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That's which is also I love the part of town I live in. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, Jake, you're up. Ocean, mountains, or desert. What geographical landscape do you prefer? Oceans and mountain. Desert, not because for obvious reasons, because I spent like you know a lot of my <laughs> life in the desert. But uh, the desert's got some cool parts to it. You know, mountains and um, you can't beat the combination of mountains and ocean though. Like if you go up to like Oregon on that coast right there, it's some of the stuff you'll see in Iceland, mm-hmm. um, and also New Zealand. Um, very beautiful when you have the mountains actually meeting the uh, sea like that. It's he was the perfect person because really he's been all around the world. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because yeah. I've seen it all, and it's you know, and a lot of them has like like their own cool spots because you'll see you know like Brazil got you know wrapped up Coca Cabana beaches. I don't know if you saw the 
freaking trash and stuff that was coming out there because mm-hmm. it's third world country and that's how yeah. they tend to roll but <laughs> it's got some nice places up there you know it's you know amazon tropical rainforest down there and all the places i've seen it's it's nice but definitely oceans and mountains can't beat that seat that right. scene awesome favorite season fall winter spring fall I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rarity because i'm a winter person and stuff um I, I enjoy snow though and uh being in the mountains um can't beat that for me but i also grew up in like wyoming montana i lived in like mountainous snowy states most people are like you like oh, it when yeah. it's cold up there i'm like well it's you get used to it you know but it's got i mean it's people don't realize that when the snow falls it's so damn quiet because there's no actual like sound or anything it is so one of my favorite around. things yeah if you look yeah. around from a like in especially up in like uh swiss alps is really nice looking up there but it's so quiet i'm doing training up there that's the only cool thing about having to do training out there because you think oh you're up in the mountains freezing your ass off which it was cold <laughs> but if you sit and take some time and actually look around where you're at there's some pretty nice areas nice last one uh what's the last album of artist you listen to Last album or artist I listened to was uh, Quavo. Okay. Nice. Do his new one that just dropped a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Trying to get through it. Little Wayne, uh, his new one came out. It's actually pretty good. It's not mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah, no, I liked it too. Yeah, we've played a couple. Yeah. Um, those All two right. ones, definitely. Sweet. Well, uh, next mm. up. Who picked this on you? The fuck boy of the week. Jake, you want to talk about <laughs> these guys? Jake had this as petty, but I didn't think it was petty. This is not pettiness. I felt like this was a... Uh, this was too douchebaggery to be petty. I, I agree with your reclassification. <laughs> <laughs> no, these VC venture capitalists from Silicon Valley were brazen enough to make trading cards of themselves and offer them to employees <laughs> as like, I don't know if that's incentive or or if they want their faces to be recognized that way because they feel like they're not being recognized by their own employees in such a way that or if it was some just cute thing that they thought oh let's be on baseball cards but then they offered them for sale and yeah so i guess i guess they're Mm. they're, how many of these guys were named brock (laughs) taylor (laughs) taylor todd brett brock is a good one (laughs) taylor All of them. I love. Yeah, I love Brock. It, it's it's literally like the douchebag starter uh, kit. Right uh, they should redo it as. Dude, you uh, gotta look at the pictures. Like, show the picture of the, because yeah, it's exactly for, for our listeners. It's exactly what you would think it would be. <laughs> Got to be. It's uh, a big. It's a big headed white dude with like a fake smile, wearing like a, a suit. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a suit on. Just like a white shirt, oh, like yes. with a tie. Absolutely, this is classic. Is that Brock? Yeah. What's the guy's name on the first? Paul Graham. <laughs> Paul Graham. Mark. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> does it have their stats song. on the back? They like, go got a girl named Mary. You can see it on like, It's got their earnings each year as their stats. Like, <laughs> in 2015, his rookie year, he made $450,000. Oh, shit. Some of them going with the action shots here and stuff to try to act like they're actually doing something. Action shots, are they playing golf? It's like Silicon Valley. Step Brothers, where they're going over like that slideshow. Oh, okay. It's kind of like what these cards look like a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Vesters, only you. (laughs) So that's why uh, they are our fuckboys of the week. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, rough. (laughs) (laughs) Good find on that one, Jake. I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is this? Wow, like these guys, man, talk about out of touch. 
Talk uh, about out of touch. That was the best thing I saw. So like when that whole, mm-hmm. uh, did you know the whole scandal come out in the Marine Corps? There was like a bunch of active duty, like female Marines that had their naked pictures like blasted on the site. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's because they're sending them to douchebag yeah. boyfriends who are Paul. also in the Marines or, or not even like in the Marines, just whatever. Mm-hmm. So like we simply Those had a message for them that said too? like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're like, ladies, don't send your nudes to fuck boys. Nope. And this won't happen. Don't show your face. There's not a new picture of me out there anywhere <laughs> in existence. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Once you, once you release it, to tell who you ain't control of it. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it's hard to tell who they are. They, they probably, fuckboys literally have a collection, trading cards probably of all the nude shots they have of every girl they've probably been with. That would be fuckboy.com. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you lonely? <laughs> Do you want to talk to other fuckboys? <laughs> Call now. It's okay, bro. Hug it out. It's fucking Hug <laughs> it out. That was a good one. It's a, and you know it's like a beige kid. Like a sideways hat. Oh God! Uh, it's a Louis chin, Vuitton. Super, yeah. super nice chin beard. He's probably got an American Fighter <laughs> T-shirt on. <laughs> Affliction with a Gucci with a Gucci belt <laughs> <laughs> with some J's. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. The phone posits because no one likes those. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg likes them though. So. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. Well, before we go, uh, <laughs> real quick in local events. Mm. November 30th, that is the Friday following Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Seven Out will be playing a show at Shays with three other bands. You can check that out on our Facebook or Instagram. There's flyers because I can't remember the names of the other bands besides The Whale. <laughs> but uh, we'll be playing there. And then uh, December 8th and 9th, <clears throat> Holland's annual road craft fair for the first time is going to be two days. So you can check it out that Saturday and Sunday. They have over 40 different artists and art- artisans. Uh, you know, selling their wares. So if you need a Christmas gift uh, or know someone who would appreciate a a uh, homemade, well-crafted article of clothing or something like that, or I got my mom like one of those neck warmer things, uh, you know, that you put in the microwave, then you put it around mm. the neck. I got oh, her nice. one of those there last Christmas. Yeah, last Christmas. So check it out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it. Go see Seven Out. So uh, what is the tagline? For this episode, I don't know. I'm still shook. <laughs> All right, well, think about that. So I like I like Veterans Day. Protect your neck. Protect your neck would be a good anthem for any unit out there. I take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll maybe we'll consider that. And then mm-hmm. uh, before we go, we got one question for you, Ryan. It's uh, if you had like one misconception about veterans that you could change people's minds about what would it be to um, give you them a more accurate reflection of, of vet, what veterans are going through uh gun toting good old boy mostly conservative it's that's how we get kind of lumped into like you know we're just all about beer whiskey the american flag and everything else but i think what they don't touch upon is like you know we're also very so i would probably say um that's the biggest one. I mean, cause like 90% of my, and I'm glad I'm out now, 90% of my conversations are always about politics and we hate getting engaged in politics because number one, we can't really talk on it because commander in chief is a commander in chief. Like no matter if you like Obama, if you like Bush, whatever, that's who you answer to. So try to keep that respect thing on there and stuff, but we have our own different views. I mean, trust me, like we see how the government works and we're probably like at the apex of the tip of the penis of the government. <laughs> and we, we see how hard it can actually screw you over. So 
you know, we, uh, it's <laughs> really good. We, every day is a survival day for us, but you know, we, uh, we, we go through it. We do a lot of, you know, great things away from families and some very austere environments with next to nothing, no budget, you know, no, no resources, nothing to work with. And we find a way to, you know, make a mission happen. So you have a veteran out there, you know, or do anything else, regardless if you've been in a combat zone or anything else and stuff, definitely thank him. Cause he's gone through something that you could probably never comprehend. There we go. Definitely. Happy so salutes to you, Ryan. Thank mm-hmm. you for your service. And thank you. Thank you yes. for coming on. Thank you very much. Talking. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, fellas. And, uh, you know, hit us up. Up in the mix.live. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we don't yeah. need to give Ryan social media out. No, no, thinking. no. <laughs> My social media. Oh, you mean like what I'm on? Like, yeah, I was like, usually we give our guest social media out. I was like, you don't need to. You can if you want to. It's poetic justice. That's it? Three. All one word? That's my Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. And then my name is Ryan Davis on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. Basic white boy. Yeah. You <laughs> no, you're not. Come on. No, no. Wow, no. I strive every day not to be. <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, De La Photo, a.k.a. Um, the Honey Badger. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth. Jake at Killer Shark Productions. <laughs> Have a, have a happy Veterans yeah. Day and uh, happy thank, holidays. Thank you to everybody in the military. Thank our guests. Thanks to everybody. Salute. Salute.